please stand for the reading of God's word. Today's scripture verse is James 1, 19 through 27, found on page 854 in the Red Pew Bible. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, they rid of all the mortal filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intentionally into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Introduction, but I can't really top that. So we'll just get right into the message. Did you notice that when you were sitting here, you were doing something? And you were doing intently. We all were sitting here captivated. Captivated, just listening for every little squeak, every little squawk. Why? Because we wanted to hear. We, we truly were intently listening and ready to hear everything Pastor had to say because he means so much to us and because the God that he serves and that we share together loves us so much. And that, to be honest with you, is my message this morning. That listening intently is something that is not just asked of by God, but it is commanded that we listen. And that not only we listen, but we also take what we've heard and we apply it and we use it. And we do. We don't just be, we do with what God has given us. I, um, I, the sermon title, Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful little ears what you hear. Everybody remember that one? All right. I'll be honest with you. That wasn't one of my favorite ones when I was a little kid. <laughs> when, I was, um, when I was younger and we sang different songs, I liked the ones that you could get rambunctious in or you could militarize. Anybody know those? Father Abraham? Okay. Now, it got old, but then at the end, it was always that great crescendo of spinning around and bumping into each other. It was kind of like a Sunday school mosh pit. It was actually a lot of fun for me, and uh, I enjoyed that very much. Another one I really enjoyed was, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cow. Everyone remember that? Yeah, and then at the end, it was, you know, we, we, we had the 50 cal going, and we were shooting down airplanes, and Anybody remember? Yeah, we all remember that one. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because 
those, those songs remind me of a, of a different time, a time when I didn't really listen, a time when uh, my mom's strong hand was the only thing I would listen to, a time when, uh, not that I'm proud of this, and, and I'm not going to smile when I say it, but my whole group of uh, fourth grade, when we were in fourth grade, and fifth grade, and sixth grade, all the boys, there were six or eight of us, and we actually got kicked out of Sunday school. <laughs> This is going to be a real interesting sermon because I've got the on-running commentary of Gordon laughing too. <laughs> um, it's like God laughing at me. No. Um, so, but you know what? Each one of those guys, I can reflect back and I can look and I can see, even though we, we didn't listen and we were rambunctious and we, we took those things that were innocent and pure and made them kind of more violent and volatile, when I look at each of those lives now, each of those young men, are doing the will of their Heavenly Father. Each of those young men are doing what God would have them to do. Each of those young men are in loving, vital relationships with their wives and have children who are, who are, um, who are being taught God's goodness and love. And so I would say to you today, if you struggle with listening, if you struggle with really maybe hearing what God has for you to say, or you struggle with listening to someone who really just doesn't deserve to be listened to, this sermon is for you. This sermon is for you because I'm going to hopefully, through, through, with God's help, give you some insight as to why you, should, why you should listen to man, why you should listen to God, and what that, how that looks in each of our lives today. So let's begin. What is listening? Listening is hearing, and this is a definition I made up, and so if it sounds kind of weird, I'll read another one too. Listening is hearing with the intent to understand what the speaker is saying and preparing for a timely response if needed. Now think just a minute at your office. Think at your work. How much listening goes on? How much listening do you do to your peers, to your coworkers? How much listening goes on in your house? Mother, father, daughter, son. How much listening really goes on with that definition? Another definition by Google, uh, which I guess Google gives us everything now, um, active listening. <clears throat> active listening is a way of listening that focuses entirely on what the other person is saying and confirms understanding of both the content <coughs> and the message and the emotions and the feelings underlying the message to ensure understanding the understanding is accurate. Now, that's really, really long, I understand. But you know what? I think we do this sometimes. And that is to say that we hear, we sit intently in front of a person, or we sit intently maybe in a, maybe we have a prayer closet. Maybe, it's, maybe we do our devotions on our bed. Maybe we do it at the kitchen table in the morning, wherever you do it. I believe that we do this from time to time. But I think the area that, that I struggle with and that we all probably struggle with is being able to do this more frequently. And so I'll, I'll, um, I'm going I'm to go through some things, and maybe you fit into one of these categories, and maybe you don't. Why we don't listen. Ugh. This is, these are some that I came up with because this is me, but maybe you'll fit into one of these and maybe you can think and process maybe why you don't listen or maybe why um, it isn't something that's one of your strongest things. Uh, I think we don't listen because we, are, we have a fear of not being heard. And this is a lot of, a lot of uh, the young men that I work with where I work 
they have this issue, the fear of not being heard. Because if you're not heard, then you don't matter. And if you don't matter, then you're going to be forgotten. If you don't matter, you're going to be forgotten. And this is a thing that the world will, will show you and tell you. Be heard. Be loud. Make sure people see you and know that you're there. Speak first. Step in front of others. Another one, I believe, is we are insecure in ourselves. We compensate with many words for, for the feeling that we have about ourselves. Is it easy to just stop and listen when you maybe don't feel so good about yourself and maybe you want people to hear you and they, you want them to see you? You want them to understand you and know where you're coming from. You want to get your point across so that they'll get your view and they'll believe you and trust you and understand you. And I think for me, one of the big things is, another reason why I don't listen is pride. I think of the term, the the terminology that the the world uses, might makes right. And And then an often used biblical passage that it doesn't even found anywhere in scripture is God helps those who help themselves. That's not even in scripture, but people use that in scripture all the time. How about push to the front of the line? How about I'm number one, look at me. How about um, believe the lie that we believe the lie that when we speak, we are important. Speaking is viewed as something that's aggressive and, and something that's, that uh, is someone who's forward thinking. But yet a quiet person, a person who's quiet and, and will sit and listen, is often seen as, as submissive or uh, maybe backward. So as I've, as I've reflected on this passage of Scripture, I've seen time and time again, why should we listen? Why should we listen? What is it that really, if I'm going to change, Paul, why would I change? What would cause me to change? What is it about listening that's so important as a Christian? Here's a couple of things. Obviously, we're going to grow closer to God, and we can see this through a number of passages of Scripture. We see Jesus often doing what? After he's done miraculous things, after he has walked on water, after he has fed the 5,000, he is often many times going off to a solitary place. Now, did he just go and sleep? No. He went to go get recharged. He went to listen. He went to commune. He went to fall more and more in love with his heavenly Father. He went to get grounded again, to get focused again, to get a better understanding of where he was going and what he was doing. Anybody believe that one? When you hear that? So why is it important for us to get away, to listen? Because we see that in our Savior. We see that in Jesus Christ in his ministry. There were times when he would have to go off, he would go off and go to a solitary place. We read in, uh, in, in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 10 through 13, poor Elijah. What a great story, Elijah. Man, amazing. We, we, we pick it up here in, in this part where Elijah has just called down fire from heaven, and he sees the power of God, and he sees this whole altar and all the water and all the sacrifice all consumed, and this fire comes down, and all these prophets of Baal or Baal are killed. And then what do we see? We see him actually being able to run down a mountain faster than a chariot. But then something really peculiar happens, at least peculiar to me. After all this amazing stuff, 
Then in the, in the exact next chapter, we, found, we find Elijah running in the desert, scared to death. Why? Because he's heard that Jezebel wants to kill him. And he, and he knows that all the other prophets that have been, that have been doing God's will have, have died or are dying by her hand. And he's scared. And he's trembling. And he's tired. And he's lonely. And he's lost. He's confused. How can I see this mighty God and yet this woman be able to kill me? And so we pick it up here. After um, he is tired, he, God sends his angels two different times to restore him. Elijah falls asleep. He's woken up by an angel. He drinks water and eats bread. He falls asleep again. The angel wakes him up. He drinks, he drinks water and eats bread. And now we have, we've come up to this point where Elijah is saying, God, where are you? Where are you? He's sitting so intently and listening. And we hear these words. In uh, 1 Kings 19, verses 10 through 13. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant and broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with a sword. And I am the only one left. And now they are trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord... And the Lord is about to pass, for the Lord is about to pass by. And here we go. So, so this is what we're expecting, anticipating. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? How is God going to reveal himself? And for those of you who know this story, it's beautiful. It, is, it, is, it, it encapsulates all who God is and all that he is calling us to be. And here it is. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Hmm. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. <coughs> and after the fire came a gentle whisper. So if we listen intently and we say, God, I want to grow closer to you. How can I see you? How can I find you? How do I know your will? God, where are you? Well, I would encourage you to not look with human eyes. First, I would encourage you to do what Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2 say about knowing God's will. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, which is holy and pleasing to God. For this is your spiritual act of worship. And don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this, form, this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve His will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's the key. It's not about how much you say. It's not about how flashy or what people think of you. It is about listening. It's about seeking with all of your heart and knowing that when you listen and you seek the will of God and you seek His voice, you will find it. You may not find it in the places you think, but you will find it. I say another reason why we, we must listen as Christians is because the world is watching. The world is watching. The world is watching. When the world sees you as a Christian, do they see a person who goes blathering on and on about nonsense? Or do they see a person 
who is self-controlled, who is patient, who is quiet, who listens, who is respectful. And honestly, this is why I'm talking about this this morning, because I had an incident recently in my doctor's office. And I, doctor's offices make me nervous. Can I hear an amen, Gordon? Okay. Um, doctor's offices make me nervous. And uh, I think I was talking a lot that day and talking over him that day because I was nervous, because I had brought some, ail some ailments and some achings and some things that I didn't really want to tell him about. But I knew I had to get it checked out. And it was, it was about my back and other things. And, and so I was, I was talking. And I was talking over my doctor. And I, instead of answering his questions, I was questioning his answers. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> oh, we ever question the answers of people? Ooh. And God convicted me. And this is how he convicted me. My doctor said to me, are you by chance a minister? <laughs> of course, my mind leaps first to, yay, Jesus, woo! I'm being a witness to him, woo, yeah! And I was getting ready to, yeah, and then I realized. I'm not saying all men, he may, he may not be able to respond to this. I'm not saying, Gordon, all ministers are loud and rude and obnoxious. But this doctor knew me. He knew by what I was saying and what I was doing because I was acting almost more important than him. And God just, as lovingly as a father can, smacked me right upside the wherever he needed to smack me. And he said, Paul, you blew it. I love you, but you blew it. And you need to make it right. So I emailed my doctor. And the email basically said what I said. I apologize. Instead of answering your questions, I was questioning your answers. Instead of letting you be the one who knows, I was trying to be a know-it-all. And I'm, I'm very sorry. Now, obviously, I didn't get a response back. That's okay. But the world knows you. The world sees you. The world knows that you're there and what you're doing and what you're saying. And the things that you do and the things that you say matter. No matter if you're sitting in a doctor's office or you're sitting in your cubicle at work or you're driving on the road somewhere or you're talking to your family, it matters. The world is watching. Be intent on being a good listener. We see here, um, we see here it, through Elijah and, and through other situations, sometimes God actually puts us in a position where all we can do when it comes down to it is we can just listen, and that's it. That's all we can do is listen. We're, we're stripped down to the, to the bare bones of who we are. And whether we're in a hospital bed and that's all we can do is listen, or... We're in the middle of a desert, and we're drained of everything we are, and that's all we can do is listen. May God put us in the position where we find out what his voice sounds like, and may he put us in a position where all we can do is listen. Where all we can do is listen.
Another thing that I see about a reason why we, why we should listen is that it helps us to, to discern between wrong and right, obviously. It helps us to discern between wrong and right. I don't know of a time where I was just doing a bunch of sinning and I was doing a bunch of listening to what God was saying. Usually those go this way. If I'm sinning a lot, if I'm caught in sin, if I'm doing those things that I know God doesn't want me to do, I've pretty much stopped listening to what he has for me. I've gotten out of the word. I've stopped praying. I've stopped doing those things. But yet I find that the more I'm in God's word, the more I, I listen and I grasp the wisdom that is in scripture, the more I find that I'm able to listen. And my, my, feel, my feeling, my thought, my draw, my gravity towards sin becomes less and less. The pull becomes weaker and weaker when I listen, when I gravitate closer to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and listen intently. We read in 1 John 4, 6, We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we can recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So you'd say, Paul, well, that's great. You've told me why, why we don't listen, maybe, or why I don't listen, and maybe why we should listen. But give me some help as to how to listen. What do I need to do? What are some things I need to change? Does anybody want to change? Does anybody want to learn how to be a better listener? I think you do. I think you do because I'm pretty sure you want the world to see you as, as God sees you, that you want to be seen in that light, that you want to be seen, that you want to be known as a follower of Christ. I would say a, an important thing is to listen in quietness. Obviously, quietness is, the, is one of the main keys. If I was to say, if listening, if there was a toolbox for listening, the main tool, one of the first tools you're going to pull out is quietness. If listening were bread, the flour would be quietness. You can't really have you can't really have listening without being quiet, without being humble, without being calm in your spirit and being able to listen to what God has to say. There is an inseparable connection between quietness and listening. Let's try this for a minute. And I know you, you can't do it, but if you blow your nose, I'm not really going to do that. It's gross. Try to inhale at the same time. Go ahead and do it. Out one nose, you can't do it. Here we go. This is another one. Try to inhale and speak. I can do it, but it sounds weird. Hello, how are you? How good to see you. Right? I'm inhaling and I'm, and I'm speaking. But wait a minute. That doesn't do service to speaking, and it certainly doesn't do service to me breathing. It's not how it's supposed to be. If something is coming out, it is so difficult for, for, to allow something to come in. Yes? Yes. Quietness. It's a difficult thing to do. As I said before, it's difficult because you feel like you're not going to be heard. You feel like you've got a, you've got a voice and you've got to say it. But remember that analogy. If you're trying to speak and bring something in at the same time, it's difficult. And so I say to you, to be a good listener, you must have quietness. Now what does that mean to you? Well, does that mean that you have to put on earphones all day and block out all your employees or your boss who's yelling at you? No, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? 
get some of those Bose sound deafeners and put them on. And I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Right? I wish. Quietness is something that starts within your heart. It's a settled. It's a calm. It's when you're in the middle of traffic and you've been sitting there for two hours and you can still hear God speaking to you. Maybe through a song on the radio. Maybe just through prayer time. It's that in the middle of the chaos of life, you stop, you go to a door, and you, you open the door and you close the door, and you just sit and you just pray and you just listen. And you listen intently to what God has for you. And that's the next point. Listen intently. Intently. Well, what does that mean? Well, we see in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 2 through 10, a wonderful story of how a young boy is taught what the voice of God sounds like. And the story is this. Samuel was given to God because Samuel was a blessing and a gift and a miracle. And Samuel was trained in the, the things of, of the tabernacle and, and how, to, how, how the order of worship went. And, and he, was, he was the key help to Eli, the priest, and we know that there was, there was a time, a period of time in history where not many people really heard from God. Because that's what it says. And we know that um, during this time, we know that during this time that Samuel was blessed. And he was given a gift because God spoke to him. And here's the account in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. One night Eli, who's the priest, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of, of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called to Samuel a third time, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized. that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now, honestly, do you think Samuel went back to sleep after that one? Probably not. He's probably laying there going, Did I hear something? Did I hear something? And here it is. The Lord came and stood there calling at, as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel, who was listening intently for the Lord to speak, didn't say, here I am, and run to Eli. He learned. And he said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Did you catch it? It's the humble heart that hears. It's the heart that's ready, that's intently waiting to hear from the Lord, that catches what God has to say. 
Close your eyes for a second. I want you to get a couple of images in your mind. Listening intently to the Lord is like listening to the voice of your first love. Do you remember that? Your first love? The one your heart went pitter-patter to every single time you were around him or her? How about the ear of a new parent with a newborn baby in the other room? Oh my goodness! You ran in, your heart fluttered, and then after about a thousand times, you were like, let him cry. But you remember that first time. You go, you hear, you listen intently. How about this one? The verdict from a judge. Maybe you were sitting in the, in the seat and you're waiting to hear what the judge had to say. You listened intently. How about the results from a medical test? You sat, you listened, waiting to hear words. Or for you sports fans, your team is in the Super Bowl. And it's the final play, the final drive, the final second, the final minute. And your team, they throw the ball, and the person, and then you fill in the rest. Whatever happened, you knew. You knew exactly what happened when it happened. Because you listened intently to what was going to happen. You can open your eyes now. And there are a lot of others you can think of, but if you really want to know how God intends us to listen, it is with those things, those physical human things that I just spoke of. That is the intention in which God desires us to hear Him. I believe that when we listen, we lose and we gain. We're like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, we lose? What do you mean we lose? Well, let's think about some things we might lose if we listen. I think when we listen, we lose an emotional response. We lose that emotional response. This is what this passage is talking about. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yeah, you know, when you listen well and you're quiet, you actually lose that ability to have that emotional flare-up, that big yell, the scream, the response, the I'm going to overtake the situation with how loud I am or what I say or what I do. You lose that. Did you know that? And that's okay. Because I don't think those kind of responses are godly. Now, obviously, there's always a moment to stand up for injustice. And if you see injustice happening, you act quickly and you stop it. As Jesus, in the temp- as Jesus who, who um, was breaking up the temple and saying, this has become something my father did not want it to be. And obviously, if you see an injustice on the street, you step up immediately. You don't sit and wait. You step in. But most of the times in our lives, most of the time in our lives, when we really, truly are put to the test, most of the time when we've responded loudly or rudely or cut someone off, it's not really of God. It's been because we just wanted to have our emotional response. And we lost sight of how God would have us respond and react. And I believe that with an emotional response, it is replaced with His calm and His peace. There we go. His calm and His peace. I think there's something else we lose. We lose our own agenda. We replace it with His will. I love this little, I got this little word picture from uh, William Barclay's uh, commentary in James. Um, in James chapter, James chapter 1, verse 21, I'm, I'm going to read it to you real quick. 
And, and um, you, can, you can read it this way, or you can dig a little deeper into the Greek and see that there is another meaning to it as well. And here it is. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now you say, okay, well, that's easy. I just need to stop sinning, and then I'll, God and I will be cool, and then we'll go on, and, and I'll grow in God, and yay. But, you know, as, as I was looking a little deeper and I was just reading this, the, word, the words moral filth, now, obviously, can mean something that is a soiled, uh, let's say you get your clothes dirty. But that word, the words moral filth can also mean another word, or from the root word of rupos. And in the medical sense, rupos doesn't mean soiled clothes. It means earwax. What? Oh, you've heard it before, though, right? Yeah, when you're a little kid. Boy! Get that wax out of your ears. You are not listening. Oh, maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Earwax. Interesting. Get rid of that earwax so that you can hear. And this is what William Barclay said, and I loved it. It was so concise. Sin makes a man or a woman deaf to the voice of God. Sin makes a man or woman deaf to the voice of God. God. Is God saying maybe we need to be cleaning out our ears a little bit more spiritually so that we can hear his voice a little bit more intently so that we can listen to to a person who we don't maybe necessarily get along with or like in a non-judgmental way? I know I need I know I need God to come in and clean out my ears sometimes so that I can listen more intently to his word. Probably better hurry this up. All right, what we gain when we listen. I'm just going to go through this real quick. We gain insight. We gain knowledge and understanding. The Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, they're filled. Scripture is filled with this. But Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. Another one, Proverbs 10, 19. Sin is not ended by multiple words, but, by the, but the prudent hold their tongue. Proverbs 13, 3 says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives but those who speak rashly will come to ruin so what do we gain we gain knowledge we gain insight we gain understanding of the world around us and we'll stop and listen another thing i believe we gain is patience and self-control and these are things that i've already talked about we gain patience by understanding that my many words aren't going to make the situation better but my pause my calm the peace that god gives me will bring healing to a situation and will diffuse many arguments. I kind of see it this way. If you clap your hands, you must have two. If this person is speaking and this person is speaking, all you have is noise. But if I'm this hand and I choose not to speak and listen, That other person is just batting in the wind. And I can hear and understand that. Sometimes we fall in love with noise. Sometimes that's something that we feel we need to have. But I believe God calls us to be intentional about listening and taking away that other noise that can cause so much strife and struggle. And finally, listening and doing. True listening 
will bring about a response to the word, to his voice, and to others that are pleasing to his Savior. This is what I've been saying the time. And, and I, I, I really thought of this, and I didn't want to say it, but I knew I, I should. And I'll say these words, and I'll say them with all sincerity and honesty. I've in- attended many, many, many funerals, probably more than two dozen, because I'm, I'm the youngest of nine children, and I have a gazillion cousins. But in each funeral that I've attended... I have never once seen that person stand up in the casket and start talking. But I have seen that lifeless body who has lived for Jesus Christ, who has lived in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, in the power of God's Spirit. I've seen that person's life speak volumes in that casket. Not because of what they say that day, but because of what they have done in the name of Jesus Christ. I have seen lives changed in front of a body in a casket. I've seen hearts that were hard and cold be softened, not because of what that person spoke that day, but because of how that person lived their life. So I say to you today, how, is it important, how important is it that you speak? How important is it that you get up and you tell people your agenda and your rules and you make them follow you, follow you and follow what you do? How important is it really It'll all be known how important it is when you're in that coffin and people are coming up and viewing you and saying, what about you? My hope and my prayer is that when they stand over my coffin, that they will say, to God be the glory, great things he has done. You see, because it's not about me. It's about God using me to glorify Him. And I believe one of the main things as Christians that we need to learn to do is to listen. Because I believe listening brings about glory to God. Let's pray. Holy Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the lives that have gone before me and probably have spoken these exact same words. God, may it be so today that we be intent on listening, that we may be hearers of your word, and that we may go and do. Mm -hmm. It is in your holy and matchless name we pray. Amen.